TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Joe, are you a sleepwalker? Like, have you ever been? Or do you... No. No, definitely not. No, if you were? Definitely not a sleepwalker. I don't even think of sleep talker, honestly. Really? I think I... Well, like, I'm, what about when I'm, I, I snore a bit. <laughs> um, but not, like, the worst. Because it only comes up once in a while. But enough to where... Mm. That's, like, it. That's it. I mean, usually for me, when I'm out, I'm... That's it. I'm, I'm, they'll sleep. I'll sleep through you know anything, which sometimes I guess could be uh, a good thing, or sometimes could be a bad thing too. I don't know. Did you ever, you ever been around sleepwalkers? People who walk in their sleep. I don't think family, so. friends. Not really. My son's been sleepwalking lately, like getting up. Like out he does of bed, it like once a around. month or so. Yeah, he he'll 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 get up. He'll go downstairs. Uh huh. Or he'll walk around and he'll talk to us. Uh-huh. And he remembers nothing the next morning. Nothing. But does it seem like he's awake or like you could tell he's asleep? Oh, he's totally awake. He's yeah, no, he's totally awake. Huh. Like that's what that, that's why the, the it's fascinating to me. Like I've never been around it. But last night was like totally bizarre. So last night, yeah. about 11:15, we're in bed and I hear him talking. And his bedroom is right near ours. So yeah. I get up and he's standing in the hallway and he had opened the door to the the attic, which is actually the, like, he has his playroom up here. It's where I'm sitting. I'm at Studio Capaccio. Yeah. Like you walk up the stairs, and there's a radio studio. There's, you know, I'll call it that. There's a, you know, playroom where he, he has his, you know, all his baseball cards and things like that. But he plays and things like that. But he's got the door open to it to go upstairs. And the light is on. And normally it's not. Mm-hmm. And he's talking. He's telling me he wants to go upstairs. And I'm like, <sighs> well, you can't. Like, it, you got to go back to bed. Yeah. No, I need to go upstairs. And he's like almost getting mad at me. Uh-huh. I won't let him upstairs. I'm like, all right, all right. So fine. I'm like, I- I'll, I'll kind of let this go out. I'm like, all right. Well, what do you got? What do you want? So he literally walked up the stairs, mm-hmm. went into his playroom, and then, and I turn the light on. He's like, turn the light off. I can't see because you know the lights like brighting, brighten his eyes. Right. Turn yeah. the light off. I can't see. So I turn the light off, and then he says to me, and there's another light on on the other kind of side, so I can see him. And he says, now give me that stuff. I said, what stuff? He said, you know, the stuff I've been asking for. And he was getting mad at me. And I don't know what he wanted. Uh-huh. Normally, like, his iPad. You know, yeah. I'm thinking it's iPad, right? iPad, phone, like, the electronics, right? And he's like, the stuff I've been asking for. I was asking for. I'm like, buddy, I, 
I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm really sorry. And at that point, I'm like, okay. And I gave him a hug. I'm like, well, we got to go downstairs, right? And he got a little upset. And then he went downstairs and just went back to bed. He remembers nothing about it this morning. Wow. So I don't think I realized nothing. that it's like a state of like they're awake. But I, I, when I think of sleepwalking, again, this is me not having any experience with this probably. I thought like, you know, right. your eyes are closed and like you're almost like a mummy walking around. Like no talking, conversation. Maybe that's some. I don't know. Because I would have never thought like you could even have a conversation with somebody that's sleepwalking. I, no, 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 you do. And and it started like this just started happening several months ago. Yeah. And like literally like would come downstairs. I'm watching TV. We're watching TV. And he would start talking. And then he would just sit down with us, start talking to us. And he would remember n- nothing about it the next morning. Wow. Did you re- right. Did you realize right away that this was sleepwalking like the first time it happened? Oh, uh, kind of. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think yeah. because when you when you go down the road of the conversation, you kind of realize it, right? They're not they're not totally with it, right? Like, they don't really know what's going on, but they're talking to you, right? And then you're like, okay, so then you take them back up and go to bed, and it can yeah. happen. And um, I don't know, I remember a story my mom told me many years ago when I was younger that my brother, my older brother, who's three years older than me, got up and he was probably preteen at the time, a ten to twelve somewhere in there. And he got up in the middle of the night and he made himself a bowl of cereal and then went back to bed. <laughs> Wait, and he, like he remembered nothing cereal? about did it. Did he eat the cereal at least? No, didn't even eat it. Just made Just it. made it and went back to bed. Wow. Yep. I don't know. I, this is this is this is new to me. I had not experienced any of this before. I it, so you know that it was kind of freaky and scary though. Like I'm like, what Yeah, this is how horrible you know it gave me how vibes horrible these begin. Yes, yes. I'm thinking you ever watch um Paranormal Activity? Yes. And like yeah, yeah. the attic and like the, where the sounds start coming from the attic. And I'm like, I literally, I couldn't go to sleep for an hour, dude. I'm like, I'm going to start hearing noises come from the attic and I'm going to be so freaked out right now. Yeah. You need to set up uh, the paranormal activity uh, style cameras. With yes. Like, the, like the, the night vision or whatnot. And then that will, you could, you could create your own horror movie, even if it's not like anything. Well, the other part bad. of. No, the other part about it is I couldn't sleep because I want to make sure like he didn't get up again. And you could hurt yourself. You walk down the stairs, you fall, something like right. that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing I'm thinking about now. I'm like, okay, is he going to get up again? But you know, I went back to bed. I, I, you know, I I laid him in his bed, and I even said like, do you want to come in our bed? And he's like, no. Sometimes he does, right? But I'm you know just to make sure. I wanted to make sure he was okay, you know. And uh, it was wild though, man. I'd never experienced something like that to that level. Mm-hmm. My opening up the attic. Going upstairs and then get me the, what do you want? You know the stuff I was asking for. I'm like, I don't know what you're asking for. I don't know what you need, buddy. Yeah. I felt so bad. My wife just texted me and said she used to be a sleepwalker when she was a kid, but she's not now. See? So, I don't know. Does it ever come back? Should I be on the, look, I, on the lookout? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Now I'm watching, now people I, are sending me paranormal activity videos, and now this is this is going to be yes. my algorithms for the rest See? of the day on social media, right? There you go. I, I, luckily everything's good, but you know what? And then like, that was the discussion this morning. Hey, Hey buddy. Like, do you remember getting up last night? Mm-hmm. No, nothing. Like really? Like, yeah, you like literally walked into the attic into your playroom and you were asking for me to get you like your iPad or something like what? He's, he had, he's no idea. It's wow. crazy. I know. This so I don't think I, I don't, I, I, I don't think I've done it. I don't know though. My wife's you, never told me like, know. Hey, you, you would, you would have to have someone else. Catch I, you right. Doing it. 
I I think that would be the case, right? So anyway, yeah, that was a new experience for me last night. Maybe some of you've had some similar experiences. And like I said, luckily and thankfully he's okay because I'm sure that there's probably experiences out there where somebody did something and you know un- unfortunately got hurt or something like that because you're mm-hmm. not completely with it what you're doing. But luckily everything was good last night. All right, well we are here at uh, it's ten eleven in the morning on a Tuesday morning here on WGR. Thanks for being with us, Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase. It's the Extra Point Show. In about an hour, we're gonna hear from Eric Wood. Uh, Eric, of course, the color analyst on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, and he is of course a former Bills center. And Joe, he also just recently had his first hole in one. Did you see that? I did not see this. No, Eric. Eric, is Eric had a hole in one in Florida, like three four days ago. Yeah. I've seen videos of him hitting Within shots out of like water before in ankle deep water, but I did not see mm-hmm. this hole in one. Um, I'm surprised that no, I guess never mind. You, you can't assume that everybody just because they're good at golf has one. It takes it takes a lot of tries, even when you're really good. 187 yards. That's a that's a long. Are you looking one. at it now? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You can see the divot. Yeah. right around it. Uh huh. And I'm jealous too, looking at the weather out there for uh, for this course that he's at. Wow, the divot yeah. is right. So we'll, next we'll to ask the him about the hole in one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll ask him about the hole in one. I've never had one. I've met people who I am better. I, I am a better golfer than that have had multiple holes in one. I've met people who are way better than me who've never had one. So yeah, you never know, right? Yeah, I. Right, I have no, never. I, I, there are people. There are friends of mine that have one that I know I am a better golfer than. So it's not a science. Um, Jordan. On X, thank you, Jordan, for tweeting in at Sal Sports at Sneaky Joe Sports. I've slept walked for years. I've pulled off eating leftover spaghetti and having no idea I did it. He said, "That's amazing, <laughs> right?" That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Did you see the uh, Jeff Darlington interviewed Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. about his worst like moment, most frustrating moment of the season? Did, did you see this? Did not see this. What do you say? What do you think he answered? His most frustrating moment of the season is going to be when Tony got called off sides. That's that's my guess. Hundred percent. Yeah. And he now out. he's saying it was the right the right flag, in quotes, the right flag. Mm-hmm. Here's the quote. I mean, he says, I mean, I think obviously the Buffalo game, and I don't even think it was because of the one play. It's just we've been playing such close games, and that was a game I knew was going to be important, which it obviously was. I felt our guys were playing their tail off. We made a play at the end of the game. There was a flag. It was the right flag. But at the time, in that moment, I was like, man, we're battling through adversity. We made the play. And another thing happened that I felt was out of our control, even though it was in our control, then he adds. Mm-hmm. But that moment, very frustrating to me because it felt like it wasn't paying off. It wasn't happening, but the guys continued to work. And he goes, yada, 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 about you know now they're where they are and all that. Man, I would have loved if that was... A question asked of him as he's sitting home watching because they didn't get home field advantage and the Bills beat him. You know what I mean? Yep. But yep. you can't now, and you can't. Like, it doesn't matter now. That <sighs> he, I also wonder, I don't know if we've heard Mahomes on that play since the night that it happened because I've always wondered, did he, I mean, the, the play's happening fast, right? And he does not have a good vantage point to where, Tony would be lined up, and then he flips out after the play, and the game is over, basically, at that point. So, I don't know that he would have watched it back, like, on the iPad, you know, sitting on the bench, like you'll see quarterbacks do, because the game's about to end. So, 
And then he goes to post game, and did he have a chance to look at it? Like, I don't know. I always wondered if Mahomes, in film sessions the next day, would have watched it and gone, oh, okay, I shouldn't have flipped out like that because look how offside he is. Look how obvious it is. Look how overt it is. And honestly, he got really frustrated with Kadarius Tony on other plays as the season progressed. So mm-hmm. I wonder if his blame of that really did transfer from the official to, okay, my receiver is just, you know, a moron that makes mistakes all the time. And that's one where, like, you got you to do better there. And all this Tony stuff has been, you know, continuing to evolve with him blaming organiza- the organization for lying about injuries and all that back and forth. So I wonder if Mahomes has softened on it a little bit because he realizes, like, this is not the guy I should really be, uh, you know. The guy that cost us the play yeah. wasn't the ref. It was the receiver that makes a million other mistakes. It is Kadari- I'm going to look up his contract. I'm going to look up Kadarius Tony's contract. It feels like he will not be a chief next year. Rookie deal, right? Because the Giants drafted him in the first round, so I can't imagine it's... Oh, that's right. That's right. It can't and be he that would have big. another year left. This is his third year, right? Yeah. He's got one year left. Yeah, that's right. And they will not pick up the fifth-year option. I'm very confident in saying <laughs> that. Um, I mean, he's 2. They can 5. release him, and yeah, I mean, you know. They can just cut him if they just don't want to deal with it anymore. And it's, you know, it's a couple mm-hmm. million. You don't save anything, but... You know, it's not so bad. They have they have space too, so they could get rid of him if they just don't want him in the building anymore. And I feel like uh-huh. maybe it's maybe it's trending that way. I don't, like would he is he maybe gonna be they active? find a trade partner? Is he gonna be active in the Super Bowl? It's a good question. He's practicing again, apparently. Mm-hmm. He also made two big plays in the Super Bowl last year. Yes, that's right. So yep. you know, but at the same time I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. Yeah, at the same time, if if I were a Chiefs fan, I don't think I'd want him to play because just, you know, something bad can happen, it feels like, whenever that guy's on the field. No brain of the Bills pick up, um, I should say Tremaine Edmonds, sorry. Uh, Greg Rousseau's fifth-year option? They have to decide by May. They, yeah, yeah. They'll, 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 no brainer, they'll do right? that. They've got no defensive lineman under contract long-term, and he's been very good. I've mentioned the stat in the past that even though he didn't have the sack numbers to back this up, his pass rush win rate, he was number one on the Bills last year among all their defensive linemen. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a very stout run defender, too. So, you know, he I, I don't see any way around it. I think he's just a really solid, really good defensive end at a position where you don't really have anything else. So, yeah, I think they'll I do that. I think it's like 13 mil, though. I mean, I like it. it's, 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 it's a nice price. Yep. I mean, you're not going to do better than that. I guess for 13 mil at that position though, right? Like that level of production for 13 million dollars, usually that's actually I think like a pretty good deal, I think. Like that's an expensive position if you want to try to replace it another way. I have to um look at the exact uh, numbers here. He I hate what the NFL did by the way a few years ago, which is they and the new CBA, they mm-hmm. tied it to pro bowls. Pro bowls. What are we doing? Is right? that right? If you can make a certain Oh yeah. The number you make now is tied to the Pro Bowls that you make. Wow. I did not remember that. So, well, I guess Rousseau hasn't made a Pro Bowl. So, what you're That's saying... That's correct. So, he'll get the minimum. If, here, okay. here, here's the difference, Joe. I'm not kidding you. Think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. If the Bills... The Bills have until May, like, second or third, to pick up Greg Rousseau's fifth-year option. If they choose to do that, it's $13.8 million guaranteed for 2025. He's already under contract for 2024. Mm. It's 13.8 guaranteed for 2025. All right. If he, now, because of playtime incentives and things like that, um, which he didn't hit, I don't know exactly what's tied in there. 
it could be 15 mil. But if he had made one Pro Bowl, it would be $20 million guaranteed. If he had made two more than one Pro Bowl, it would be $23 million guaranteed. Because he did not make two Pro Bowls, it's $10 million less. Wow. Did they do that to try to incentivize players to go to the Pro Bowl? Like, why would they do that? I don't know. It's really odd because I think even if you get elected and can't play, it would count. Here's okay, what okay. here's there are three guys in this group. Okay? Mm-hmm. Think about the difference here. Now Micah Parsons is awesome. We know that. But by making two Pro Bowls already, the Cowboys picking up his fifth year is going to cost him twenty three million dollars mm-hmm. in two years. Whereas it would cost thirteen. Patrick Sertan. million as opposed to 11. Mm -hmm. And Jamar Chase, his fifth-year option, here's an interesting one. Jamar Chase, Bengals, a team that, franchise, let's be honest, not known to be the biggest spenders. And yes, they paid Joe Burrow, but they've kind of made it known we can't pay everybody after Mm -hmm. they pay Joe Burrow. We have this T. Higgins thing. For the Bengals to pick up Jamar Chase's fifth-year option, which I think they would, they got to guarantee him close to $22 million in two years, as opposed to what it would be, $13.7 million if he had not made a Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. I guess in those instances, though, like those players should cost more, right? Like they, they're they're better right. players. They're going to like they've they've earned <laughs> okay. they've earned that extra money. I guess is the way I'm thinking. Can I give you one? All right, before you go, go on, on, let me give you one. Ready? Yeah. All right. The fifteenth pick that year. Okay. Mac Jones. He has a Pro Bowl. Oh, wow. right. That's, that's bad. Yeah, he's a Pro Bowl. Oh well, actually, I'm sorry. No play time. What's the play time? I don't know what the play. Oh. These players, let me read what the playtime incentive is. Uh-huh. Uh, calculated from the average of the third to 20th highest paid salaries over the past five seasons, provided their snap counts over the first three seasons meet 75% or greater, and average is 75% or greater. Oh, that's why Greg Rousseau doesn't, because he's defensive line. The Bills rotate. And, okay, so Mac Jones, because of the playtime incentive mm-hmm. for the fifth-year option, if they want to do it, Mac Jones would cost them $22 million. There's no way they're picking that up. There's and we zero, figured they wouldn't anyway, though. Zero percent chance. I, will he even be on the team this year? I mean, do they just want to cut bait, move on? You know, right? Just like let's let's. There was rumors about stuff happening behind the scenes with him being unhappy, and they were unhappy with yep. him because he went to coaches at Alabama to try to figure out what was going wrong. Um, so I guess uh, I look at that from the player's perspective, where if I'm Micah Parsons. I would feel like, listen, the team's already got so much control over me. If I've earned, pro, again, Pro Bowl's not really the way I'd want to do it, but if I've become the best player in the league at my position, then I think I deserve $10 million more than Greg Rousseau gets. I think I deserve to get the most because, you know, the team already gets to hold me over for five years to wait to pay me, and they have franchise tag stuff if they want it. So they can withhold me getting my giant extension for a really long time. So, okay, kick me a few extra million bucks if I've earned it. Let me clarify on the rules here. I am reading through this to see how it works. The Pro Bowl is players who are named to exactly one Pro Bowl on the original ballot, not an alternate. Gotcha. Will be that They now go up to the transition tender number. And then players who are named to two or three Pro Bowls on the original ballot, not as an alternate, their franchise, their fifth year would be equal to the franchise tag amount, essentially. That's where we're going here with this, which is crazy, right? I mean, you're, mm-hmm. this is the group this year, Trevor Lawrence. These are, the, these are the guys that teams have to make a decision on by May to pick up their fifth-year option. Trevor Lawrence would be $22 million. I mean, they're going to do that, right? He's franchise quarterback. 
Yeah. Um, Zach Wilson, not going to happen. Nineteen million. Trey Lance, not going to happen. Nineteen million. Now he's on the Cowboys, by the way. They would have that. How Kyle Pitts, ten point yep. five million. Do they do it? Um. Yes. I think what might be added in there is that they invested a top five pick in him, and they might want to exhaust uh-huh. all options to make that work. Right? He's talented. Mm-hmm. They like I don't. I would want to see him with a different coach too. Like, did Arthur Smith, who was really weird with a lot of his good skill position players, just not know how to use this guy? I think I'd want to see him with, uh, I don't know if we know who the Falcons OC is. Either way, I'd want to see him with a different coach. But I I would pick it up and take that risk because I spent the fourth overall pick on this guy, and I got to see if I can make this work. I'll give you two more here. What do you think? Jalen Waddell, they have to determine on him. Yep. That would cost $15 million in 2025. They'll do that. They'll definitely do that. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. Do the do the Bears pick up Justin Fields and then trade him? Do they trade him first? Like, what happens there? $22 million guaranteed for the fifth-year option. Like, that's a tricky one on how you want to play all this. Do, can they – when is that due by? Do they do – they, May. By May? So after it's the NFL right draft? after the draft, like right after the draft. I think if they, I'm, the draft comes first. Yeah, if I'm the Bears, I think I would want to allow a team acquiring him to make that decision. I, and that right. de- that depends what they want. I mean, if they're if they're bypassing the first overall pick, which I think is nuts, but if they do that, then I think you pick you have to pick up his fifth year option. You've you've told everybody how valuable you think he is, and that you're committing to him long term or else you wouldn't pass on the first overall pick to 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 keep going with him. And if you decide that you're going to pick a quarterback, I think the team of getting him would rather make that decision for themselves. I I might want to bet he gets it picked up either way because one way or the other, mm-hmm. somebody is going to invest in him. And if you're investing in him, I think you're going to want that that extra year even though the 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 cap hit's going to be, you know, pretty decent. Jalen Phillips is on this list, $12 million. Yep. Coming off the injury, they'll still do it. Devontae Smith, 15. I think so. Yeah. When the receivers' prices are going, you got to do, do that. that. Okay. How about this? This is crazy. Think about these these numbers we're talking about. The two running backs that year. This is the Harris ETN draft, not Harris ETN. Because of their positions, it's only going to cost the Steelers 6.6 and only going to cost the Jags five point, uh, $6 million total to pick up their fifth year options. Because okay, that's where running, running back salaries running backs have, so have plateaued and gone down. Yeah, <laughs> they're so right. low. That's that's wild. I was about to say no way on either of them, but because it's that but low, now you think they would, right? Yeah, I mean the Jaguars definitely with ETN. Um, Harris is like not that good, but they, he gets the volume, and the, because of that, the numbers are there. Like the volume numbers, he's get he's got a thousand yards three years in a row, and. The way the Steelers like to play football, the physical brand, like I, I could see them doing it if it's not that much. Uh, okay, I might. I when you first started that question, I would have said that neither would get it, but because of the money, I, I think maybe both actually might do it. Greg Russo, thirteen point eight million dollars for the Bills to pick up his fifth year option by May. They have a lot of things ahead before that happens, of course. So we got a lot to talk about with the offseason before we even get to that decision. I think it will wind up happening. In the meantime. Yesterday, 
the NFL made a couple of announcements that are very interesting uh, as far as, you know, games being played and schedules, how it impacts the Bills or doesn't impact the Bills, I guess I'd say, in this case. Talk about that when we come back here on the Extra Point Show. In the meantime, Eric Wood joins us at 11.05 a.m. Thanks for sticking with us here on a Tuesday morning on WGR. Brazil is new for us this year. We are incredibly excited. We're going to do it on our kickoff weekend, which is an unusual approach and different than we've ever done. We actually are going to play it on Friday night of our kickoff weekend. So we'll have Thursday night as our kickoff game. Friday night, we'll come back from Brazil in Sao Paulo. The Philadelphia Eagles will be the host team in Sao Paulo. Okay. Wow. The NFL is going to be playing in Brazil. We, we knew that was going to happen. That was kind of talked about. Now we know it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles hosting. Got to look at the Eagles 2024 opponents. It's not the Bills. And now we also know it's going to be Friday night that first week. NFL, here's... Hmm. Listen, I love the NFL... I work in the NFL, essentially, right? I mean, you know, being in this job and being on the sidelines of an NFL team and all that. I love I love the league. I love everything about it. It's great. It's great to be a part of it. Don't do it, NFL. Stop. Friday nights, no. Friday nights are for high schools. I hate that college plays Friday nights. Leave Friday nights for high schools. College should have never done this. I hated it when it happened. I think Nick Saban said the same thing, I think. And I totally agreed with him, but... That's like something pure about like high school football, Friday night, Friday night lights. It's where the lifeblood of these, some of these little small towns in Texas and Florida and other states, like don't mess with it. And now we're going to do a Friday night NFL game. And I get like, you could still go to a high school game on a Friday night and, you know, not worry about, you know, watching the Eagles and whoever they're going to play. I understand that. I just think it's going down a road. I, I don't like them going down. And I hated when colleges started doing it. Syracuse plays a Friday night game here or there. I don't like it. Like, go out to your local high school game. Support those kids that are putting in the time. And, you know, you don't need it for these. It's, come on, ESPN, whoever's televising these college games and now the NFL. I don't like it. So that's my spiel on the Friday night thing. Don't like where that's going. The Black Friday game, that was the afternoon. Yeah, okay, I can get to that a little bit. I understand it. it's not your, you're not taking away Friday night by then. Most high schools are pretty much done at the end of the year right there. They're playing in some, you know, championship or tournament. There's different schedules. So a little bit different. That's a, that was a three o'clock game. Totally like get that a little bit more. But like, what are we, are we going to start doing this every week? Cause you know, that's what's coming, right? You know, that's what they're doing here. The NFL is putting a game on Friday night opening weekend, which let's see what that's going to be. Uh, I know it's in here somewhere. Let me, it's going to be Friday night, September 6th. You can have Labor Day on the 2nd. It's an early start of the season this year, by the way, everyone. Thursday, the 5th is the opening night. That's going to be whoever wins the Super Bowl, the 49ers or the Chiefs. They're going to be hosting that game. We know that. <coughs> and then the next night, Friday night, the 6th, it will be the Philadelphia Eagles against whoever. I don't think uh, we know that yet. They've announced it in Brazil. Who is? Who's the likely can- candidate there? 
You put like a team. Like, I mean, are they going to say we want a really big name team like a draw like Dallas? <clears throat> big market team like the Giants? I don't know. Their home schedule, Atlanta, Carolina, Panthers, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what else are we looking at? Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Green Bay Packers. Jack. Oh, Jack. Send Jacksonville there again. Like I mean, again. Like Jacksonville's already going to London. They already do all these international games. Send Jacksonville over there. I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like the Friday night thing. Washington Commanders obviously is on their schedule at home. I don't like the Friday night thing. I understand why the NFL's doing it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh, Friday night. You got football Thursday, Friday. That's big weekend of college. Eh, say Friday nights for the high schools. That's just my like grassroots pure. You know, I, I love the high school game too. I think it's just should be celebrated and, you know, give eyeballs to it. So I don't like that part of it. In the meantime, I think also if I have this right. The Panthers are going to be playing in Munich, right? Is that what I saw, Josh? I see that last night. The Panthers are going to be playing in Munich, right? Uh, let me just make sure on this. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Just search this up here right, real quick. Yes. Okay. Panthers will be in Munich. We know the Bears, the Vikings, the Jags are going to host in London in 2024. So let's remember the NFC, all the teams in the NFC this year, have nine home games. All the teams in the AFC have eight home games. So that's how they're doing it every other year. Every even year, the NFC has the extra game at home. Every odd year, the AFC has the extra game at home. The Bills have nine road games this year coming up. They have eight home games. The Bills are not going to play an international game this year. We know that because none of the teams that are hosting the international games, none of them have the Bills on their schedule as a Bills road game and a home game for these teams. The Bears are going to host a game in London. Bills aren't on their schedule. The Vikings are going to host a game in London. Bills aren't on the schedule. The Jags are going to host a game in London again. The Bills are on their schedule, but that's in Buffalo, so that's not happening. And then the Carolina Panthers are going to host a game in Munich. Bills aren't on their schedule. 
We also know the Philadelphia Eagles are going to host in Brazil. The Bills are not on their schedule. So that's how the international game is going to work this year. Then next year, in 2025, when the AFC, and it turns around, the AFC is the conference hosting the extra game. I I have no idea, no inside info, nothing like that. I'm just thinking about how this might work because of the construction on the new stadium and the new stadium being open the next year. I definitely think the Bills would be a prime candidate to be a host, to host an international game, a home game in 2025, like they did last year in London. We know that didn't, and I know that doesn't sit well with a lot of you. I get it, and I understand why. I'm not telling you that you should be totally excited about it. Maybe you would be. I don't know. But to me, with the final year of this stadium in 2025, think about that for a second. The stadium the Bills play in right now has 17 home games remaining. And really, you have 20 total considering uh, preseason. Because remember, if you're if you're playing nine road games... That means you're playing two home preseason and one away. If you're playing nine home games, you're playing one preseason home and two away. So you're always going to get you're always going to get ten home games counting preseason. Current Highmark Stadium. That means for everyone, current Highmark Stadium has twenty games remaining for the Buffalo Bills regular season. Let's hope there's a lot more for the playoffs, and they're home for you know a couple of games at least, but. That means 2025, we are looking at the AFC being the team, the teams, the conference, that hosts the extra game. And I think in 2025, that would point right to maybe the Bills doing that because they have, it's the, you know, it's not the new stadium you want. I hope they don't take a game away from the new stadium when that comes around. Thankfully, that'll be 2026, and that'll be the uh, NFC hosting. Now, you might say, wait a minute, Sal, the Jaguars are not in the NFC Why are they hosting? Because the Jaguars have a separate contract. The Jags have signed on to host a game every year in London. I think that goes for a few more years. They just re-upped like last year for a few more years. So even though NFC, Bears, Vikings, Panthers, Eagles are the international home games next year by rotation, the Jags still fall in there as the AFC because they just are by contract. That's what they do. But yeah, I think that's what's going to happen next year. I, I I think the Bills will be back in the international rotation in 2025 as a home game because they do have the last year of the new stadium before the of the old stadium before the new stadium opens, and that would just make sense and all the construction. And hey, we'll take one away and you know put it there. I don't know that. We'll see. There's only going to be like four or five home games anyway for those teams. Could you imagine if the Panthers played? in Brazil against the Eagles and also in Germany? Because the Panthers are on the Eagles' away team list this year. I just don't think the league would do that. I don't think so you know what either, I mean? Like I don't think the be... league would have a team go to two different international sites, one as the home game. The, the, what they did with the Jags last year was keep a team. That Even that was, okay, we're going to try this experiment. Keep a team in one international city for two weeks well, right but i mean if they if they wanted to i mean yes this is a broader scale obviously but if they wanted sure, to experiment sure. with stuff like that yeah you're and, right and depending on when the games are too i mean like if this game is the first game second game of the year you could theoretically schedule the germany game like later in the season i mean what it was like what week 12 this year 
I think. Um, normally, the Germany game is yeah. I mean, no, the international game is going to be week four or five, right? That's what the Bills did in London. But you're right; it was like yeah, was that week twelve? Yeah, somewhere. Maybe around not there. as late as it 12, was later. It was it was like closer was to the 10. midway point. It was um, I think it was it was early November. I think. Right. Let me look at the actual schedule. You're talking about when the Chiefs played. When the Chiefs the played Chiefs the, the um, Dolphins, or yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs and Chiefs played Dolphins in Germany this year. That right, game, yep. and then oh, Patriots played Colts. Yes, that's yeah. I got the two confused. That was November fifth. Was Chiefs Dolphins? That was Week Nine. Patriots played the Colts Week Ten. So nine and ten. Yep, nine and ten were the two games in Germany. So you're probably looking around the same time period this year for the game in Germany with the Panthers. No, you're right. I mean, eventually, Josh, I mean, things like that are going to happen probably in the league. Eventually. I don't know if it's going to be in the next couple of years. I don't think so. But you're right. I mean, if the league wanted to kind of do that to a team and experiment, <laughs> you know, they could do it. I mean, that's a heck of we an We had experiment. that last year with that Jaguars thing. <laughs> right. But like you said, that's a little different because it's the same city, the same time zone yep. and everything. With this, Brazil is in the same time zone as everywhere, you know, on the eastern seaboard. But you're going from... Carolina, in this sense, you're going from Carolina to Brazil, going back home, yep. playing your regular season, and then going to Germany. And it's like, is that enough time to, like, you know, recover and, and transfer and everything like that? I mean, I guess, because don't these teams get to pick their bye weeks or something like that? Like, where if you're going to play international, you can pick your bye week to be, like, the week before or after? It's something. Um, there's not, like, yeah, a rule you, you don't get to whatever, No, you do not like, get to pick. Here, here's Here's the rule, basically. If you play an international game, the league gives you the option if you want your bye week the following week. If you say okay. no, then you're at the whim of whenever they put it. You don't have your choice. Well, right. No, that's what I meant. That like I meant is in you get to pick in the sense of like, do you want it following yep. the international game or do you just want it whenever? Like Correct. So yep. I mean, theoretically, it still I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm brainstorming here, like thinking, you know, the NFL could do something crazy and have Carolina play in both teams. And I, I bet you if they were, you know, looking better, this would be a better prospect. But, like, the way Carolina looked this year with C.J. Stroud and that offense, it just – I don't know if you want to put that in two international games. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they care as much about that, though. Like, we had Patriots-Colts in Germany. That's true. Yeah, that's right. And nobody nobody thought that either team would really be that great, right? I mean, to me, it's just about them, you know, putting the games there. They're, they're going to bank on people are going to go, you know, regardless of the teams. I, I think people read too much into what teams are going there as far as, like, how good they are. I don't think the league really cares about that that much. It's like, hey, we're just we're putting teams out there. Plus, now you have to remember <clears throat> what the NFL has done is they've assigned international markets to different teams. You know what I mean? Like, I think um, – like Munich might be associated with it's I think the Chiefs or their team or Patriots, whatever it is. There's something Frankfurt is maybe the Patriots, but they have these international markets with like these 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 teams that are kind of attached to them that are trying to market them a little bit more in these specific international cities. So all in all, look, this this Jeremy talks about the wide receiver train. The international train started years ago. It's not gonna stop, folks. We know that. The NFL is going to keep expanding its international footprint. It's going to keep expanding its international schedule and games. And I know that people don't like that. I get it. But it, this is not the, – the toothpaste is out of the tube. You're not putting it back in. They are going to be continuing to play these games at different locations around the world. That's just how it's going to be. And now it's just – it's when your team plays and where it plays is what the question is. And like I said, for the Bills, they won't have one this year. 
My guess is they might get one next year because it's the final year of the new of the old stadium and the construction, and they'll have the extra game for the ASC and ASC will be home team. So you're getting like a you know it's what five teams basically anyway that are going to be over there out of sixteen. So you have a you know one in three chance more than that to be one of those teams anyway. On top of being a team that could be the away team in one of those games. All right, we'll take a timeout. In case you didn't notice, uh, Joe was n- was not here, but he will be right back with us here on uh, the Extra Point Show on WGR. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, and Eric Wood coming up at the top of the hour. We'll get Eric's thoughts, his hole-in-one, yeah, for sure. But we want to talk with him about the Bills offseason going forward and, of course, the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Joe, who are you? Uh, are you rooting for the 49ers beat the Chiefs like I am? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Although I'm not. I'm. I really wish the Lions were in it. I. I don't hate the Niners. I don't dislike them. Even just, I don't know. I. I don't. I don't know if I would like what it would say about the Niners winning it. I. I. I, I give a lot of respect to how much quarterback matters in this league, and I don't think Purdy is terrible, but. I think it would be some proof for the Miamis of the world and uh, the other teams that have these, you know, limited quarterbacks with great infrastructures around them. That oh no, you can win the Super Bowl if you're uh, if you if you don't have the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks. I I don't know that I want that to be true. I I want to believe because the Bills are sitting here with Josh Allen that. No, you need a guy like this. You need a Josh Allen. You need a Patrick Mahomes. You can't just pick the guy in the seventh round and have everything around him be perfect and, and win it. Because when's right. the last, when's the last yep. time that's really happened? Like Trent Dilfer for the Ravens? Yeah, I mean, if you want to count Joe Flacco, but he was a first-round pick, but it wasn't like he was this superstar and then right. it became his Joe Flacco elite. Yep. But you're right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably right. Um, okay, so not, it sounds like sorry, you're, just to run that out though, that does not yeah. outweigh for me though my hate for the Chiefs. Like that, that does not make me right. root against them. Right. Okay, so you sound like you're like me, which is you're not rooting for anyone. You're rooting against the team here. Yes, precisely. That is exactly. That's exactly really what it comes down to, right? Yes, I'm rooting against the Chiefs. That's that is my that is my that's my mission for Sunday. <laughs> me too. I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. Like it's it's a it's a no win on the quarterback front how you look at it. If it's Mahomes, it's like here we go. Mahomes mm-hmm. gets another one. Unbelievable. Oh my god. If it's Purdy, it's dude, Mr. Irrelevant just won be one before our guy. Come on. Yep. And also, uh I've cooled off on this, but I was a uh, a Kyle Shanahan hater for uh, a certain point in time. But mm. uh as the years have gone on, I just I've I've got too much respect for how good of a of a of a play caller and a and an offensive uh, guy that he is. So him winning would be cool. I mean, I don't know how good of a story it would be. Usually the quarterback stories are what drives it more than, you know, a coach winning. But um, I guess if the Niners won, it would also say like, hey, this is if you have the right guy in charge of, of your whole organization, but also the perfect elite level play caller like look how valuable that can be i i I don't know how much i'd want to go with copycat for that though because i don't think it's that easy like it might be harder it might be harder to find a kyle shanahan or an andy Reid than it is to find a you know a patrick mahomes no that's not true not mahomes maybe like the the top 10 guys though 
Sabres back in action tonight. We'll have the game for you here on WGN along the Sabres radio network. And breaking news from the NHL, the Blackhawks, Joe, will host the Winter Classic next season at Wrigley Field against the Blues. So that's just coming out today. We'll talk more about that after we get with Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bills center, current color analyst on the Buffalo Bills radio network, and recently of the hole-in-one club. He had his first. We'll talk with Eric next after this time out on WGR. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Here's the snap. Allen going to keep it and run. Looking for the end zone, and he's in. Josh Allen, the beast, has been released. It's a five-yard touchdown run for Buffalo. Chris Brown on the call right there on the Buffalo Bills radio network. Bills, of course, wound up not winning that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. And joining us on the Western Hotline right now is our man Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bills center and current color analyst on the Buffalo Bills radio network. We will get to the Super Bowl in a little while. We'll get to the Bills offseason, but first... Eric, uh, welcome in. It's Sal and Joe, and we are both very, very jealous of you because you have joined the exclusive. I think it's exclusive, right? It's a hole-in-one club exclusive. I don't even know, you know, what to what to call that. Is it exclusive? It's definitely not a lot of people, I guess. It seemed exclusive to me before I hit one. I've been playing a lot of golf <laughs> over the years and uh, never had gotten one. So to do that with some of my buddies down in Florida uh, was pretty special. Did you know right away that it was in? We did, yeah. It uh, it kind of one hopped and disappeared. I mean, mm-hmm. there, I was halfway nervous walking up that just something goofy happened and it wasn't going to be in there. But uh, yeah, it was in there and we celebrated appropriately. All right, all right. So, so tell us about it. Like, give us set up set up the scene, man. Give give the details. We're sitting around. I mean, you know, this is what this is what we do when we get a hole in one. If somebody does, I'm like, you ever have a hole in one? Sure, I did. Let me tell you the story. Go ahead, Eric Wood. Tell the story. I'm a member down at Medalist Golf Club down in Florida, so that is my happy place. So we book a trip with my uh, close buddies from Louisville every Pro Bowl week because if the Bills are still in it, uh, regardless, that week I won't be working. And so we had our trip planned. This is day three of the golf trip. Leslie is flying down that afternoon to meet me, and then we're going to spend a few days uh, away from the kids. And hole 16 – Par three over the water. It was, um, it's about 181 from the plate. So we estimated about 187 because it was about six paces, uh, back from center and hit a beautiful little draw, seven iron, hit about an inch from the hole and backed up in. Wow. That's awesome. So it was pure. It wasn't like one of these, like it just kind of had to roll for about 10, 12 feet. It just, it went pretty clean in, one hopping in. It almost Michael Block punctured the hole. I mean, it was an, <laughs> wow. Hallmark was an inch away from the hole. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was about as pure of a shot as I can hit. Ele- elevation, was it up, down, straight on? Uh, no, flat hole, but you got uh, carry over the water. Um, and okay. then there's kind of bunkers that protect it right. So uh, generally on that hole, I just aim at the bunkers, play a little draw, and hopefully it doesn't draw too much. On that hole, had you come close before? Like, did you know you've played that hole enough? You played this course enough? Like, like you kind of know the layout. It helps you a little bit. But had you been close before? And like, kinda, did you know how to play this one specifically? 
This is awesome. I need to do more golf interviews. Uh, <laughs> I have played this course many times. Uh, I was down there for a couple of days with some buddies prior to the Bills playing against the Dolphins. Uh, I have never been close to a hole-in-one on this hole. Wow. Uh, generally, I mean, it's, it's, it's always pretty windy down there. It's fairly close to the coast. And so, you're, you're I mean, seven of the top ten players in the world are a member there for a reason because it's not a very easy track. And they cut the green to the scale of – where they're playing tour events and whatnot. And so, um, no, I haven't been close to a whole one on this hole. I actually, um, Ronnie Billetier, a medalist guy, or a Rochester guy, but he's a member down there as well, the member member. I did hit the green, and then um, I at least three-putted. I might have even four-putted. Eric, I'm thinking about, like, I mean, you're a good golfer, and – like I mean I don't know you could your handicap what is your handicap right now do you mind revealing I don't even know you got to be in the low I'm, I'm in the six. single digits yeah, right Yeah I'm a 6 okay. right now Okay what have you have you ever looked into like the pro am stuff like what would that take to be to do something like that like what Josh does I mean I know he's Josh Allen with the name and quarterback and all that but there's guys on there that I would say Eric Woods name is more recognizable Yeah you know I would kill to do that some of them have companies that put them in there um, I'm a part of Encore Golf, which is based out of Buffalo. I'm hoping that maybe right. as Encore grows that I get some more access to some of these programs. But I would absolutely love to. And, and mainly because if there's a scoreboard, like those guys get out there, and it's individual competition, like I, I absolutely love those things. So doing the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the Tahoe Pro-Am, those would be probably – I mean, those would be – I don't want to say bucket list items, but those would be goals in this golf journey. Joe, anything else on golf before we get to football with Eric? Mm, no, I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous watching him in shorts down there on the course. And well, to be fair, it's actually very sunny here today, so you know it's giving me false hope that we're going to be golfing soon. Yeah, get it. And you do have the video for people that know. The video's on your 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 ex, your Twitter feed yep. of you rolling up there and and getting out of the cart and pulling it up. People want to see that. They can they can see that there. Yeah, I had we played a five-some that day and I'm really close to the caddy as well. So, everybody was uh, I don't want to say as excited as me, but everyone was very excited. <laughs> um I brought all those buddies down there uh and hosted them. So, uh they were they were definitely excited for me. Uh, but the caddy, yeah, the, the the video from behind of us driving up to the green and getting out of the car, that was pretty sweet. All right, I do have one final question. I'm sure you did, but I just want to make sure you bought all the drinks after, right? That's the rule, right? You I think, made a whole I think that's a must. Drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so yes, I, I bought a bunch of drinks. Luckily, there's not a ton of people at that country club on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> um, and so I have no idea what the bar bill was, but it's going to be worth it. But, you know, we go out to eat that night, and – my buddies buy me a meal, surprise me, where they told the restaurant beforehand to bring out like a hole-in-one dessert that was designed for it. And they bought the meal and they bought drinks afterwards. I'm like, they're like, we're happy for you. Why should you be punished for one of the coolest moments of your life? Why would you want to be punished? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we, we, and we and our, our group of buddies, um, we hadn't hit a hole-in-one playing together before so we've kind of made it like and i thought that was such an awesome gesture i'll I'll copy that in the future like make someone else feel special in that moment and not say "Ooh, i'm gonna get a really nice tequila on this guy that i would never pay for myself but since you got a hole of one i'll go buy a 45 dollar drink i thought that was pretty cool of my friends to do 
Yeah, for sure. Eric Wood on the West Her Hotline. All right. Bill's season didn't end, obviously, um, the way that all of us had hoped and uh, wanted it to. And now the Chiefs and the 49ers are playing in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, Eric is a guy that's you know been around it. You played professional sports. You, you, know, you got into the playoffs at the tail end of your career. Just the razor-thin margin of getting there and not getting there. There's been a lot of talk about can they ever beat the Chiefs, how close they are. Can you just kind of speak to the little things and how close this team truly is and you know, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean saying, we're not going to strip it down to the studs. We don't need that. We just need to make a few more plays, basically. you got to make a few more plays, and there's adjustments each and every year based upon the salary cap and guys getting older and whatever it is. You know, They're not going to run out the exact same team, but no, I don't think that there's anything that needs to be blown up in Buffalo. You're a couple plays away, you know, twice getting past the Chiefs in the playoffs, and you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we're at that point. You know, I, I do think that the margin for error in the AFC with the amount of great quarterbacks that are in the AFC is small. And so in the playoffs, you have to play your best football. And if you don't, you're going to get bounced. And at this point, especially with the Chiefs right now, they have so much playoff experience. I feel like they manage games well. They make adjustments. The moment's not too big for them. It was impressive to see them go on the road to Buffalo and Baltimore this year and get those wins because they hadn't had to go on the road uh, during the Patrick Mahomes era uh, in the playoffs. But, you know, I spoke to offensive line coach for the Ravens, Joe Dallas Andrews, after the game, and uh, he coached me in Buffalo, he, currently with the Ravens, and he essentially said the same thing. Like they, they just managed the game well. They made a few more plays than us. We didn't have our best day on offense, and then you get bounced. You could have a really good season. You could have a really good team. But especially in the AFC right now, you got to be playing your best ball. So to, to circle all the way back, no, this doesn't need to be blown up. Um, and I loved the fact that they kept Joe Brady uh, as offensive coordinator. We'll see who all gets added with a quarterback's coach and whatnot. And then Bobby Babich, I think, will be a home run. And, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, these coaches are getting younger and younger around the NFL at the head coaching position. Sean got hired as a young coach himself. Yeah. And then he's gotten young at both these coordinator spots. So maybe you get this kind of like influx of youth in the staff, which would be a lot of the Bills fans that would want a coaching change. They, I'm sure they would want the next young, hot offensive mind or young defensive mind, whatever it may be. You kind of get both of that with Joe Brady and Bobby Babbage. Is there a takeaway on like what the theme of the offseason should be with the, the end of the – season in mind that has happened in the past it doesn't have to where they draft Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham it was right after they couldn't get to Mahomes in an AFC championship game and there have been other reactions I guess since then you know maybe the offensive line was a little bit last year but is there one of those for you the way this game went and the way the game ended or is it just kind of you know just it, it happened there were some late game plays that didn't go your way and they were a, a bounce or two away from winning it yeah, I mean, getting healthy, because when I look at this, if, if Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard are at linebacker, you know, this this is likely – we're ha- likely having a different conversation. And, and, and I understand that most teams can have that conversation with injuries that they had. But, you know, getting healthy at that linebacker position, hopefully those guys can both get back to form because that might be the most athletic linebacker tandem in the NFL. And then, you know, offensively when I'm looking at it, you know – and I don't know exactly what this guy looks like, but someone 
besides Diggs and even Shakir that can either stretch the field or just put more pressure on a defense to where, you know, in the playoffs, which you're going to end up going against a really good offense. And each of the times that the Bills have been bounced, they haven't been able to keep pace with an offense on the other side that's been moving the ball up and down the field. You know, is there one more person, you know, especially every receiver, that can really put pressure on a defense? And I, and I would be looking to add that, whether that's free agency or even draft. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you have Von Miller, who wasn't himself this year. Can he re- get back to form? Can he become a guy that can consistently put pressure on a quarterback? Because in the playoffs, you're, you just have to have four guys up front or you have to have a few of them that can get to the quarterback and put pressure on a quarterback uh, and affect them throughout the game because the, the, the top guys you're going to likely be facing, you're in and you're out, and, and, and really I'm thinking of Burrow and Mahomes, you blitz those guys, you're, you're likely going to pay. And you can blitz them at times, but when you do blitz them, they can make you pay just like Josh Allen can. And so, you know, you, know, you look around and you see a Chris Jones or any of those types of these, guys, of these teams going to the Super Bowl, okay, can the Bills draft someone that can develop into that? Is there pieces there? Or can an Ed Oliver, a Greg Rousseau, a Bob, whoever it is, develop into someone that when the game's on the line in the playoffs, they're getting home to the quarterback? And Bond was that at one point of his career, and I'm anxious to see if he can get back to that. And at that age, can he do it with the consistency that he did in Denver – in L.A., maybe not throughout the course of a game, but in crunch time, can we rely on him to get to the quarterback? You mentioned, you know, that it's good to have Joe Brady back. Bobby Babish becomes the new defensive coordinator uh, for the Buffaloes. We don't know if he'll call plays yet. The Bills are going to sort through that. Maybe we'll find out here soon. But you've been around Bobby, obviously. I mean, obviously what he did with the safeties and then the linebackers speaks volumes about his um, his work as a position coach. What's your thoughts on him becoming the full-time defensive coordinator? I'm excited for him. He's the guy that I've had a lot of respect for since I first got to know him in 2017 when he was on staff and had a lot of respect for him then. Um, he cut his teeth in this business. His dad, Bob, coached forever in the NFL. So he's been around ball. He knows ball. Uh, schematically, I'm interested to see what would change, if anything, with, you know, if he has – and likely will, even if he's not calling the place, have some, some more influence uh, on this defense. But I love the energy he brings. Even Sean McDermott said, like, look, when I'm doing head coaching duties during the game, Bobby Babich is the one that gets the team together on the field and gives them, you know, whatever info they need uh, to get them going before that next series. But Bobby is smart. You could, tell, you could tell it within the building, and then you can even tell it when he does his press conference. He's, a, he's an intelligent person. You know, in this kind of younger, which I was mentioning earlier, this kind of younger mold of coaches, these super intelligent guys, he's one of those guys. He's, he's extremely bright. And then from a talent development standpoint, um, and I'm not saying these guys weren't good players prior, but what he did with Jordan Porter and Micah Hyde working one-on-one with them in the meeting rooms and on the field, and then what we saw out of Terrell Bernard this year, that kind of development without even having a preseason and getting very limited reps last year. I mean, heck, if we didn't promote him to defense coordinator, I'd assume that there'd be people lined up 
to get him to come into their building. Yeah, I thought Tyrell Dodson got a lot better as the season went on as That's well. That's a great point, Joe. Yeah. Great point. On, on, I think you mentioned this in passing a couple minutes ago, but you like that they brought back Joe Brady also? I do. I do. And, and I think Joe is one of those guys as well, and you saw kind of the interest that he was gaining with you know head mm-hmm. coaching uh, interviews as well. He's the guy that took over, and I've had offensive coordinators fired midseason before. You're taking over an offense, but you're likely going to have to use 95% of their terminology and plays because that's what you installed during training mm-hmm. camp. And look, he's going to have influences from Dayball and Dorsey in his offense, but I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. And like I said, I, I think he's one of those next uh, upcoming young offensive minds. But when he took over, and Sal, me and you and Chris would talk about this uh, on the pregame coverage often on the roundtable on WGR. We talk about it often. There's just There was only so much he could install on a week-to-week basis because you're not going to completely transform the playbook. You can't. There's just not enough time uh, to get all that done. But the, the one-off specifics that they would put in and the, the way he was able to marry formations and game plan specific things to make a defense think and then trap them later in the game. Some of the designed uh, touchdowns that he would script in the red zone to get Josh some easier looks or even use Josh as a battering ram at times. Um, I was impressed enough to say, hey, let's run it back with Joe Brady. Eric, a couple other coaches around the league I just want to ask you about real quick. Um, what were your interactions with Anthony Weaver? The Bills will face him now a couple times a year. Obviously, he becomes the new defensive coordinator of the Dolphins. I know he wasn't like the Bills' position coach for you, but he did coach the D-line and Kyle Williams and Mario Williams and all those guys. Yeah, uh, good dude. A guy who played, he's got a presence about him. You know, you've seen him out at training camps. So, I mean, he's a big yeah. dude. Um and he's got some charisma about him, and, and, but I, but and then he's had a few stops since. So you know, where do his um, you know kind of influences come from? Yeah, uh, I'm interested in seeing. Um, but again, uh, and I know he's not super young, but it's this it's this youth yep. movement in the NFL at the coordinator head coaching positions for the most part. And, and then your buddy, AVP, Alex Van Pelt, gets hired by the Bills division rival, uh, the New England Patriots. And uh, what can he bring to the Patriots? And they're, obviously their rebuild here on the offense. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who's that quarterback, you know, what kind of direction they're going, if they're going to try and, you know, kind of catch up with the rest of the NFL and play more of a, you know, more of an open attack. Uh, it just seemed like under Belichick they were pretty adamant about kind of sticking with that same Tom Brady looking offense over and over and over, even when uh, number 12 had moved on. And so, um, you know, it'll be interesting, but I'll say this, uh, Alex Van Pelt is as good as anybody at getting a group to kind of buy in and play together. And he's, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. one of the guys, I mean, we hear, we hear legendary stories about AVP from when he was within the organization (laughs) playing for the bills. And then even afterwards, when he was a part of the radio broadcast, uh, he uh, made a bunch of friends doing that as well. So uh, I'm happy for him. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to root for him when he's not in our division. Um, it was a lot easier when he was in the other, in the other conference, but I love that dude to death. Eric, the, the video, the three-minute video that Cameron Wolf posted from the Pro Bowl where he's asking Diggs about you know his future and whatnot, and Diggs, I mean, we've done this but like a million times. I'm sure we've asked you or you've been asked this question in different ways. But 
him not saying just definitively, oh, no, like I'll be back next year in Buffalo, like giving the answer about, you know, the money and not under my control, is it worth talking about at all to you? Is it a complete non-story? Is it weird? Like, what what do you make of, you know, the Diggs thing being up in the news again? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, he'll be back. And by all indications, the guys on the team love him. You know what I mean? It's like, it's and it, 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 he does a good job game days and at practice being one of the guys. And then it just seems like whether it's Dan Patrick or Rich Eisen, whoever it was last year, you know, kind of Super Bowl week, he ends up getting some headlines or Pro Bowl week, as in this case. But, um, you know, I, I have it, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I still get asked about what happened at minicamp last year, and I don't know. And mm-hmm. so it's it's just hard to say. Um, but he, I mean, he's so competitive. If they're not winning the Super Bowl each year, he's going to be extremely ticked off for those next few weeks, which is, which is fine. Mm. But then we end up answering a bunch of questions about whether (laughs) he's disgruntled, but I mean, I'm no, I'm not Jim Overdorf, but the way I've understood his contract, I I don't know that it would be in any way practical for the Bills to be able to move mm-hmm. on from him. Right. No, same thing. Any of the women we've talked to about that, it's like they could do it, but it just doesn't make any sense, and it would not help them be competitive at all next year. Um, Eric Wood in the Western Hotline for another minute or two. Uh, Super Bowl this week, um, how into the game are you for storylines and for – it's the Chiefs again, so I guess you know those out there will be hate watching it for that. But what is this matchup in terms of the interest level for you? Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, it, it should be a good game. We only got a two point spread. I mean, this should be a tight one. And you have, you know, star power quarterback on the other side, Brock Purdy, who said his ideal team would be all the San Francisco skill players, and then Josh Allen at quarterback. And so. Um, I, I appreciate that humility, but, you know, can he take a step and become a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Okay, then is he still kind of the laughing stock where, you know, the Cam Newtons of the world poke fun at him all offseason? So, yeah, I, I'm interested in this matchup and see how it shakes out. Um, you know, I, I obviously don't want to see the Chiefs win another one. And I'm just like, I'm just petty enough that, like, and I love Josh Allen so much that. Another ring for Mahomes just makes him yep. so much harder for Josh to ever be able to catch back up as far as, you know, legacy goes throughout this era. Because it's a special era, but, I mean, man, if Mahomes wins another one, you know, he's kind of running away from the rest of the guys in, in, in kind of this era, which there's still a possibility to catch him. But uh, to me, I've always said that, you know, Josh Allen and Mahomes, they're kind of 1A, 1B and Mahomes has kind of just made those couple last plays at the end. If we win the one in Kansas City, you know, how does that season shake out? So all that being said, um, I'll be pulling for the Niners. Eric, what do you got going on in the uh, podcast? And I know you had a really uh, – you do this every year. You talk with Brandon Bean. If you want to tell everybody about that a little bit and where they can find it in that conversation. Yeah, I had Brandon Bean on the Center on Buffalo podcast last week. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Bean was great, and you get some football talk, and then you get some Kentucky Derby stories and golf stories <laughs> and all that as well. And, and then last week, uh, Mitch Morris was on, and he was great. Nice. Mitch is like, and Mitch, I don't know, you know, he's getting older. I don't know if he's started to open up a little bit with the possibility of maybe uh, 
doing some media stuff. But I thought he was awesome when he won on McAfee a couple weeks ago. He was great on my podcast. Um, and there's just something about offensive linemen getting together and having a conversation. And, you know, you get like some stuff that you know, – stu- and even the stuff that I think that, that listeners will be like, all right, we all shut up about a bunch of terms and, you know, communication at the line of scrimmage that, you know, is over our head. Then, then the feedback I'll get was, man, we need twice as much as that. So maybe we need to do more uh, O-line talk on those podcasts. But Mitch was great. And I say all that because, you know, he comes on the podcast, he's chugging a Red Bull at the start of it. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. All right, we're going to show up with some energy. Because you guys know, and I try, you know, you know, I, I, I love GR and, you know, work, yeah. work for them in a sense. And so, you know, I'm going to show up with some energy, but mm-hmm. you get guests. Yeah. You don't know how they're going to show up. And I'm not paying them for their time. You know, they might get some Dano seasoning, but I'm not paying them for their time. <laughs> so when Mitch showed up ch- chugging a Red Bull, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, buddy. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. We'll catch up down the road. Uh, the offseason never stops, so I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thanks a lot, bud. Yep. Sounds good. Anytime, guys. All right, you got it. Eric Wood right there on the West Her Hotline. Mitch Morse. He, I will agree. Like, Mitch, Mitch is like, I don't know if you realize this, Joe, like if you kind of paid attention to it, but like Mitch, like pretty routinely drops a couple like words where you're like, hey, I got to call the station, tell him like, hey, Mitch Morse kind of swore it today. I got to edit this out. You know what I mean? Like he, he just, it's the way he talks. He gets the good guy award for the Buffalo media. Yeah. Uh, we presented him that this year and he deserved it. He's so good with the media. He's really accommodating. You know, he, if you, if you need him, he's there. But when you talk to him, he is very real and he is not afraid to just say what's on his mind, which is great. And sometimes that leads to words that we can't say on the radio. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, Jason Kelsey might be walking away. So there's re- there's a vacated <laughs> space here for the league's most interesting center if he wants to start to fire up the uh, the podcast game or uh, or something along those lines. For sure. All right. So the Sabers play tonight. You guys had Don Granado on earlier today. A couple things he said. Kind of. I was listening this morning a little bit and. Kind of piqued me a little bit. So I, I want to get into that and you know what their second half might look like here when we come back on the Extra Point Show on WGR. All right, Sabres back in action tonight. They take on the Dallas Stars. 7 p.m. Puck drops downtown. Of course, pregame coverage right here on WGR at 6 p.m. and on the Sabres radio network. Good job today, this morning, Joe, by the way, naming the Sabres who played during the drought for both these teams. Yes. That was good. Yes. Remy Ellie. I was very good. proud of when I when I pulled that one out of the <laughs> it just wasted brain space. It space. really needs to be on something more useful. So the guy I thought about immediately was Steve Ott, and I'm like, no, that was Blues. But it was both, right? He played for all three yep. of them. Yep. He went Stars to Sabres to Blues, all trades. Yep. And it's funny, as you were going through the exercise, I kept confusing Stars and Blues for some reason. I don't know what it was. Maybe because growing up, Minnesota North Stars, St. Louis Blues, they're in the old Norris division, right? And then now, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of they're similar as well. But I kept confusing that in my brain. Um, but you guys had Don Granado on this morning as well. I thought it was really interesting when you asked him about Matias Samuelson and what kind of season he's had, because now we know that it's over. He definitely did not give an endorsement to, like, Samuelson having, like, oh, he was playing really well. In fact, he basically said, 
without saying, hey, I needed more out of Matias Samuelson, he basically basically said we needed more out of Matias Samuelson. That's what he said. Well, like mm-hmm. all of our players, they're growing. I, I demand so much. And, you, you know, you, you look at the potential. It, it definitely sounded to me like he was saying, and this is my interpretation, mm-hmm. he was basically saying I get enough out of him and he needed to be better this year. Yeah, I got a... Uh... I got a similar vibe, I would say, um, and I think that's mm-hmm. pretty. You know, if you if you really dive in on the season he had, uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. as good as it was last year. Like last year, he really was earning the ice time over twenty two minutes a night of a number a top pair defenseman. And this year, you know, a lot of I think his game in the neutral zone really got pretty poor. Um, still would make mm-hmm. some defensive breakups and would play physical in his own end. But for a guy that already was kind of a one-zone player, like Darlene's going to really, you know, take much of the work out, off or outside your own blue line, I thought Samuelson just was giving them nothing in terms of puck movement. And th- he's not bad at that. He's not supposed to be. Passing-wise, he's mm-hmm. there. He's a smooth skater. Um, and anytime the puck was around him, I just felt like... Last year, I would feel like, all right, he won't do anything exciting, but he'll get it to the right place. And this year, I just felt like it was always going to the wrong place. If he were able to stay healthy, I think that contract is really nice. It's not overly consuming. It's 4.2 for the next, what, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. But the problem is he's just always hurt, right? Like, yep. when he plays, I think you could say, hey, I can live with that deal for the next whatever. He's young. It's not seven, eight million dollars a year. It's not, you know, Thompson money or Cousins money. It's, it's half that, essentially a little less than half that or more than half that. But I could live with that. The issue is he just, he can't stay healthy. And, and I think this is something that's obviously concerning right now, but they're going to have to get him healthy because he is a part of this team at that number for quite a while now. Yep. In the last three years. And they paid him after 54 games, keep in mind. Like, they paid him. Yep. He was one of the, the the earliest they've ever paid a guy. As early as anyone ever gets paid. And in the last three seasons, he'll miss 41 games this year. He missed 37 games last year. And he missed 37 games the year before that. So, I mean, add all that together. 74 plus 41. I mean, 100 and, um, 132 games he's missed in three years. I mean... You can't have that. I mean, the the worrisome for, thing for me is I don't know what he's supposed to do. I guess you just cross your fingers and hope he's getting unlucky, but he can't change his style of play when it comes to mm-hmm. being physical, you know, throwing your body around, blocking shots. Like, that's what he is. If he's not doing that stuff, he's not an NHL defenseman. I mean, that's what makes him good. So there's no getting more conservative. I mean, I guess you could limit his ice time and make him more of like an 18-minute-a-night guy instead of 20 to 22. But that's where my concern lies is I I hope he's just getting unlucky and it's not his style because that's the only style he can ever play. Yeah, I hear you. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board at all. We have a few minutes left here. Uh, you can do that, and we always get connected with our fans when you give us a call. That is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. The other thing that interested me was the way he talked kind of the opposite, if you, you want to put it that way. Not that he was, again, damning Samuelson in any way, mm-hmm. but wow, I mean, like Don Granado really, really thinks highly of Casey Middlesat, and I understand why, and he's mm-hmm. put together a really nice season here. But it's super interesting to me that, 
here's a guy again that they there's been no rumblings about what they're going to do with him financially when they've already committed to these other guys. And now we've seen the body of work from Middlesat. We've seen it grow. He is the team's leading scorer. We see where he is right now. And yet it's kind of like the opposite of how they've treated the other guys who got paid before all that. Yeah. No, the last we heard was Lance Lysowski's story from a couple weeks ago that he hasn't been approached yeah. about a contract. And that is very different from how they've treated the others. I don't know yeah. what that could be. Do they Are they making that conscious decision? Do they have some inkling from Middlestat that he's not really into signing an extension right now? I don't. I don't know. But it's weird to me they wouldn't want to keep going here. I mean... Unless they're trying to utilize him as the main piece of like a bigger trade, but we've talked about that. Like, I don't know what kind of trade you think you're pulling off with him. You better be getting a better player than he is, and I we haven't seen a trade like that from this team yet. So I, I did think Granado sounded like that on Middlestat. I also thought he was interesting on Thompson because Thompson is at 14 goals still on the season, and by the way, the biggest. Mm-hmm area that his regression has come, and this might not even all be his fault, is power play. He had 20 power play goals last year. He has three this season. And Granado talked about Thompson putting maybe too much pressure on himself, and he talked about his happiness. And that that's, makes sense, right? He's highly paid. He's the number one center. He was a superstar uh-huh. last year. So it would make sense that he puts all this pressure on himself. It's not going in the back of the net. The team's doing the way they are. And in turn, you know, he's feeling it a little bit. But I hope not because there's enough out there already. There, the NHLPA survey that came out the other day about how Buffalo is like third place in the league you wouldn't want to play. And it's not even because of the team. It's because it's just always gloomy in there. And I fear that that's just a, a state of being at, on that team and in that arena that they have to somehow overcome because we've heard mm-hmm. that repeatedly over the last six, seven years. And I just want to, you know, really hope that that's not what's happening to, uh, to Tage Thompson right now. I, I did not see this, this PA survey you're talking about. This is the first time I've heard of it. I guess. Did I you see this. the other parts where like, uh, Brad Marchand got named like the most, the guy players most want to punch in the face? No. I have not that? seen any of this yet. This is new to me. I'm glad you bring it up because I, I don't know when it came out, but I told you like I didn't watch any of the Pro Bowl or the skills. Yep. Maybe all that was going on at the same time. I think it was but late. This last is interesting week. to me. Yeah, I think it was late last week. Okay, the Coyotes were like up there because they're not even a real arena. And actually, Carolina was Carolina above Buffalo too. It might have been because their locker rooms, I guess, are like the worst in hockey, especially the away locker rooms. Um, I think, by the way, this was not playing for the Sabers or playing. This was which team which city arena you least like to go play in and again it wasn't even players taking shots at the city it was more about just you play in the rink in buffalo and there's just not an atmosphere and it just feels gloomy in there and i mean all us fans sit in that arena we we know that that's the case but we also know that it's deserved because there hasn't been anything to cheer about a lot 100 percent right let's also remember I mean, sweet spot for you, like going to those, those, I wasn't even back in Florida, from Florida yet. 06, 07, going to that arena and what it can be like when they are good right. and when they are contending. But remember, right? that's why I think, you know, I wonder how many no trade lists they're back on this year after having this season. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of the players playing today, they don't remember 2006. That's right. <laughs> 
That's that, right. That's oh, tough. I don't disagree, and I, I get that, but we also know it doesn't have to be like that all the time. Oh, no, right? you're right. You're right. But I guess what is it? What's the value of it, right? right? If, if the league thinks that you just come here and it's depressing and, you know, the team's not good and the fans are mad all the time and just, like, how if you don't have a connection, if you don't know somebody here or you're not from the area... You know, mm-hmm. why Why is Jacob Chikrin, I'll use him as an example, because we don't know the Sabres didn't outbid Ottawa last year. I mean, it could have happened. If you're Jacob mm-hmm. Chikrin, you don't know the area, you don't really know anybody that's from the area or anybody on the team, and you hear, okay, Buffalo's trying to trade for you, I, I completely understand why Jacob Chikrin would go, yeah, I don't think I want to be a part of that. No, I hear, that's right. I agree with that. And you got to overcome it is that the, somehow. It's actually... Yeah, I, you know what's funny is we didn't have time for this with Eric. I was going to ask Eric a question about that today because he played mm-hmm. during the longest drought in professional sports and right. what that's like every day to try and be a, to not want you, you know right. you're fighting through that yourself on the team. Right. That no, the Bills I'm sure would have gone through something similar. I'm sure during their drought. Right. And how did they overcome? I mean, winning does it, but what happens before winning? I mean, you know. The Bills got the right coach, and they had a they had a season, right? They made the playoffs, and then they got Allen, and boom, it's all over, just like that. All the gloominess, all the you don't even feel like you're really in the league. All that is just it's gone. So I guess that's it for here, right? Like you just have one year. This could have been last year. They were so close, where you make the playoffs, or you know the coach starts to get a little bit more respect, or you know. Maybe some of the players start to really establish their footprint in the league and they start to spread the message. I think that's what you need, but you gotta have a season. You gotta have a big season that kinda that puts that all to bed. Anybody you uh you'd love to see win a Super Bowl here? Like to me, I I think it'd be cool for Christian McCaffrey. I'd like that. I'd be good with yeah. that. He'd be the first like star running back to win the Super Bowl in a long time. Oh yeah, you know. What's yeah, the last like right. superstar running back that won the Super Bowl? I guess that would be a mm, really kind of subjective type of question, right? Yeah, but like guy but, that's yeah. like because so if you look, let's look at recent times. Like it was Sony Michelle, it was LeGarrette Blunt. Um, it was mm-hmm. last year, I guess it was Pacheco and Pacheco's I mean, good, but he's not thought it of as wasn't like uh, Leonard Fournette. You wouldn't put him in there. It was right? not Leonard, Leonard Fournette. Fournette. I mean, I could, you know, I might go all the way back to Marshawn Lynch, Broncos. like with Seattle. Yeah. Ronnie Hillman was the running back for the Broncos when they won. I mean, he wasn't a star. <laughs> yeah. So McCaffrey, that's a good one. I like that. I haven't thought of him for that a lot, but yeah, McCaffrey like, would be good. Good story. I like Debo. Be nice, Debo. To anybody on the, like the 49ers, like if they win it, that'd be great. Like Chiefs, ah, there's nobody. I'm like, Andy oh, yeah, that'd be great. Andy I got one. I will always feel good for Andy Reid when he wins, and also I want him to catch. <laughs> I would like him to take Belichick off his. He has two already, dude. Yeah, no, right. I don't need him to get another one, but you know, I I, I like Andy Reid. He he can win as many as he wants. Just, yeah, just wish too. he would do it for a different team. Yeah, and I guess you know we'll still have that conversation, and it will be if you know if they were to win, especially if you know he winds up deciding that you know he wants to move on or retire. I guess so. You know those questions. We got a lot more Super Bowl coverage headed your way the rest of the week. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. 
Sabres live up next. Sabres take on the Dallas Stars tonight. We'll have that game for you here on WGR. And, of course, one Bills live after that, and then it's Chopin the Bulldog. Joe and I will be back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on the Extra Point Show. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 